Chapter Forty One of The Wild Huntress. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Wild Huntress by Maine Reed. Chapter Forty One an unprairie-like apparition the incident referred to occurred high up the arkansas at the celebrated grove known as the big timbers we had started about two hours before sundown and were riding in a due westerly direction over a rolling prairie the ridges of which, as ill luck would have it, ran transversely to our course, causing the path to be constantly going upward or downward. It was not this that troubled us, but the fact that, as we crested each swell, we were freshly exposed to observation from a distance and this recurring so often kept us continuously on the alert once or twice we thought of halting again till after the sun had gone down for we knew that we were treading upon dangerous ground but failing to perceive any fresh indian sign we gave way to our irresolution and continued on we proceeded with caution however always ascending in stealthy silence and peeping carefully over the ridges before crossing them after reconnoitering the intervening valleys we would ride rapidly across to make up the time we had lost in our reconnaissance in this way we travelled some eight or ten miles until the sun was so far down that his lower limb rested on the horizon we were ascending a ridge and had got our eyes on a level with its crest when upon the face of another ridge about a half a mile further on we beheld two forms outlined against the declivity we saw that they were human forms and that they were indians was our first thought but a moment's observation convinced us we were in error they were afoot indians would have been on a horseback there were no floating drapery about their bodies indians would have had something of this sort besides there were other circumstances observable in their figures and movements that negatived the supposition of their being redskins 
they were singularly disproportioned in size one appearing at least a foot the taller while the shorter man had twice this advantage in girth what in old nick's name kin they be inquired my companion though only in soliloquy for he saw that i was as much puzzled as himself kin ye make em out with a glass captain i chanced to have a small pocket telescope adopting the suggestion i drew it forth and levelled it in another instant i had within its field of vision a tableau that astonished me the figures composing it were but two a very tall man and a very short one both were dressed in roundabout jackets and trousers one the shorter had a little dark cap upon his head while the height of the taller man was increased full ten inches by what appeared to be a black silk or beaver hat the cut of their respective costumes was nearly the same but the colour was entirely different the tall personage being all over of a bottle green tint while his shorter companion shone more conspicuously in sky blue notwithstanding their vivid colours neither costume had anything indian about it nor was it like any other sort of rig that one might expect to encounter upon the prairies what fashion it was did not occur to me at the moment for the sun glancing upon the object glass of the telescope hindered me from having a fair view moreover my attention was less directed to the dress of the men than to their movements the backs of both were towards us and they were going forward in the same direction as ourselves the tall man was in the lead carrying what appeared to be two guns one over his left shoulder and another in his right hand he was advancing in slow regular strides his thin body slightly stooped forward and his long neck craned out in front of him as if trying to look over the ridge whose crest he was just approaching the short man was some half dozen pace in the rear and moving in fashion altogether different his body was bent against the hill at an angle of less than forty-five degrees with the horizon and his short stout legs were playing in rapid steps as if keeping time to a treadmill he appeared to be pushing something before him but what it was i could not guess since it was completely covered by the disk of his body spread broadly against the hill it was not till he had reached the summit and made a slight turn along the ridge 
that I saw what this object was. The exclamation of ludicrous surprise that escaped my companion told me that he also had made it out. Good gosh, Captain, cried he. Look yander, consign my skin, if it ain't a wheelbarrow. A wheelbarrow it certainly was, for the two men were now traversing along the top of the ridge, and their bodies from head to foot were conspicuously outlined against the sky. There was no mistaking the character of the object in the hands of the shorter individual. A barrow beyond the shadow of a doubt. Trundle and trams, box, body, and spoke wheel complete. The sight of this homely object in the midst of the savage prairies was as ludicrous as unexpected and we might have hailed it with roars of laughter had prudence permitted such an indecorous exhibition as it was my companion chuckled so loudly that i was compelled to caution him whether my caution came too late and that the laughter was heard we could not tell but at that moment the tall pedestrian looked back and we saw that he had discovered us making a rapid sign to his companion he bounded off like a startled deer and after a plunge or two disappeared behind the ridge followed in a full run by the man with the wheelbarrow one might have supposed the flight would have led to the abandonment of the barrow but no it was taken along, hurried out of our sight in an instant, and in the next, both man and machine disappeared as suddenly as if some trap had admitted them into the bowels of the earth. The singular fashion of their flight, the long strides taken by the gander-like leader, and the scrambling attempt at escape made by the barrowman, produced a most comic effect i was no longer able to restrain myself but joined my companion in loud and repeated peals of laughter in this merry mood and without any apprehension of danger we advanced towards the spot where the odd figures had been seen some broken ground delayed us and as half a mile of it had to be passed over. We were a considerable time in reaching the summit of the hill. On arriving there, and looking over the swell behind which they had disappeared, neither tall nor short man was to be seen. A timbered valley lay beyond. Into this they had evidently escaped. The track of the wheelbarrow where it had pressed down the grass alone indicated their recent presence upon the spot as it did also the direction they had taken they retreating from us 
was easily accounted for. They could have seen only the tops of our heads, and had no doubt taken us for Indians. End of chapter 41